Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you're at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you, friends, for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and we're delighted to have you on board today. It's great to have with me here in the studio uh, none other than Shondell Green. Shondell, welcome to Hope Along the Journey podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. Now, it did cost me. Doc, I had to take you to breakfast. Let it be known that I'm not stingy. I took you to Bob Evans where you had, man, Doc, you you can eat, buddy. I mean, you had that good sausage gravy and biscuits and scrambled eggs. Mm. Was it any good? It was great. Good. Well, I'm glad you did. But you didn't drink much coffee. I had a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Doc, I'm telling you what, I, I mean, are you shaving yet? I mean, you should be shaving. <laughs> I don't know if I'd trust a man who can't drink more than a cup of coffee. You know, I'm just teasing you, Doc. Uh, as Shondell knows, and everybody knows, I, lo- I love coffee. In fact, I'm sitting here. This is just my second cup, by the way, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, <laughs> I wish, I wish the, the listening audience could see my mug. It's called, it's a Jeep thing. My church bought this for me. It's a Jeep thing you wouldn't understand. And if you haven't driven a Jeep, then you just wouldn't understand. You wouldn't get it. So if you hear me slurping, you know, if you hear that sound, that's probably because I'm still drinking my second cup of coffee this morning. But let's get to the subject. Sean Dale, it's good to have you here in the podcast on the podcast. Um, you are 24 years old. Still single, right? Need to get Correct. that out there, right? Correct. Okay. You're you graduated at class of 2016 from Winton Woods High School. And uh, you now currently enrolled as a student at God's Bible School and College. Yes. Which is a sponsor of this program, by the way. So I don't want to put that in there. They help sponsor Hope Along the Journey podcast, and we truly are grateful to God's Bible School and College for that. You also uh, work part-time at Children's Hospital, and you live a very full and exciting life. Uh, you're a guy who's got a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, and you and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, which is the most important thing of all. And then it, you also, I had you as a student at God's Bible School and College, and I had you for two classes, and you passed both of them, Shonda. How did you do that? <laughs> it was a journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. I'm not that hard. I'm... I had hope, though. Oh, you had hope. You got hope along the journey. <laughs> That's okay. right. Oh, wonderful. That's, that's good. Well, let's get to what this is all about today. Um, I, Shondell, I'm, I wanted you to come in today, and we talked about this over breakfast some, so you kind of had an idea where we were going. Uh, I wanted you to share your testimony today because I think you have a very special story to tell about God's grace and about this matter of finding hope mm-hmm. in difficult situations. So you grew up as a young boy here in Cincinnati, and basically you grew up in a home where your father wasn't present for the biggest mm-hmm. part of your life, right. and which is very common to for a lot of African-American young people today here in the inner city. 
And so I'd like for you to kind of begin talking a little bit about what's it like for a young man to grow up in the inner city, in the urban area, uh, without really having that father mentor figure, or maybe just some of the challenges in general of growing up in a single parent home here in the urban city. So <clears throat> growing up uh, in a single home, a mother uh, with a lot, most of my siblings uh, were females. So my brother, oldest brother wasn't there. Um, so growing up, it was difficult uh, for me, definitely, because I was missing the part of, you know, being a man and what it was like to be a man. Uh, you know, I get up every morning, go outside, you know, play in the dirt, you know, stuff like that just to have fun. But, you know, I noticed, you know, there was some stuff missing mm -hmm. uh, right. as being a man, you know, working, you know, what was that like? I, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. what that was like uh, to have someone come home and, you know, see what that was like. You right, know, right. I, I know some of my friends that I've seen, you know, their dad teaching them how to work on cars at a young age or, mm -hmm. you know, mowing lawns and stuff like that. Uh, that was the the biggest part that was missing. But even more that was missing is that my immediate family, like my mother and them, that they're not Christian. So it was really hard. Even my father is not. So it was really hard. I was missing something bigger. I was missing yeah, that right. biblical teaching and uh, mm -hmm. showing me how to walk right. uh, and all that. So it was it was very difficult. Yeah, for I me. can only imagine because not only did you not have the, the male mentorship of helping you to, you know, have that that role model there but also just, you know, not having that biblical foundation, which is so, so vitally important. Mm -hmm. So uh, so throughout your childhood, you looked across the fence or you looked at families where there was a father. You talked a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Did that ever create, like, frustration, anger, confusion? What were some of the feelings that you experienced growing up, especially as you would look at other families and then think about your own life? So when I look at, you know, my friends' families as they, you know, were connected and married and stuff like that, it showed me that, you know, I did grow bitter. I, I did. Mm -hmm. uh, it made me very upset because it's just like women can't do this alone. You know, mm -hmm. they need, mm -hmm. you know, they need help. You know, there was, you know, three of us, you know, in my household. It was me and my t uh, two sisters at first. Now there's six of us. Uh, so it was it was hard uh wow. just to see yeah, that yeah. but these families that were my friend you know they took me in and they they their father mm -hmm. you know mentored me walked mm -hmm. with me and was just like hey you gotta you know do this or you know you don't have to play in dirt anymore let's go i'm gonna teach you how to mow some lawns and make some money teach me how to oh, be great. a man right uh and so <clears throat> seeing that it did make me grow bitter towards my dad mm -hmm. and you know but also it showed me how to love my father yeah you know because my father is still my father no matter what he mm -hmm. was wasn't there or not right you know right. uh and now today you know my dad is my best friend that's awesome you know yes. i'm 24 years old and i'm driving so there's really no excuse for me not to see my father mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so when that time comes i'm there and we're sitting and we're having these conversations and you know 
but at that age I was just like I was lonely right you know I bet you were lonely I, I can only imagine how lonely you were especially because there's you know as much as society tries to tell us there's there is no gender distinction there's no difference between men and women there is it is different you know mm-hmm. what women uh, what they talk about what they think about how they operate and how men think and operate and you therefore you need other men in your life it's wonderful to think that there were people who actually stepped into your life occasionally and filled that that mentorship role is there anybody in particular that you as you look back you think you know what this guy was a real hero for me because he came into my life at a very important time and helped to shape maybe who I am today whether it be your spiritually or your work ethic or Anything like that? Was there somebody or somebody that just kind of steps out to you? So, yes, there is someone in my life today that is still there. And I was 14 years old when I when I met this young gentleman by the name of Ben Parks. Uh, he's also a student at GBS uh, and he's uh, been a great influence in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, he's 30 years old, but, you know, I, I don't just see him as, you know, a brother in Christ. I see him as a mentor, but he also somewhat shows a father figure. I know that may sound mm-hmm. weird, mm-hmm. but, you know, and for him to have five little girls, no no son, mm-hmm. but just to see that, it's just like, man. And over the years from 14, now that I'm tw- 24, there's been some tremendous growth, you know, and uh, he's the reason why uh, that, you know, I'm here today, mm-hmm. you know, because if I've never met him, I knew this world would have took me out a long time ago. Wow. You know, I would be doing something I should not be doing. Um, and, you know, just for God to show up in my life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. bring him alongside, it has been really a blessing. Mm-hmm. And just to, his family also adopted me into their lives. And he's blessed to have his mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they sit down, they talk to me and help me get over that bitterness mm-hmm. of showing that to my father right and right so it's it's been really a blessing and i would say definitely he is my hero but most importantly god is number one my hero amen that's great and i know ben so ben's a great guy and i can't and i know uh he's got a magnanimous spirit he's he's just a he's got a big heart of love and it i know it had to be healing for you to be around people like ben and his wife and around ben's family feel that love and acceptance, and then also to begin to see mm-hmm. on a different level what what family, more like the way God designed it, should look like. Mm-hmm. And because if you're never exposed to it and you never see it, you don't really, I, I guess you could be, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, but you could almost live within a bubble where this is the normal and that's all you've ever known. You don't really realize that there is a different a better normal on the outside unless you're exposed to it. Right. Yeah. Well, so tell me a little bit. We'd had this conversation earlier. Tell me a little bit about like your journey with Jesus. Tell us a little bit about how all that began, not raising a Christian home, but just a little bit about bring us from where, where that began to where you are today in your journey. So, uh, again, back to me and not being raised in a Christian home. Uh, I spoke of my brother previously, uh, and, so growing up, it was difficult. You know, I see my brother here and there, but I was eight years old when I started going to church. You know, that, that was like, you know, my aunt comes over and she's 
a great woman of God and she comes over and is like, oh, he's going to church with me or you. They ask me, do I want to go to church? I'm like, oh, sure. I want to go. Um, So I started going to church with them and I started to I enjoyed it. Uh, So roughly I was eight, around 12 years old. Uh, I grew up Pentecostal. I just want to start Mm -hmm. there. I grew up Pentecostal. uh, And so at 12 years old, I went to this uh, revival camp. It was like a week long. Uh, We left on a Sunday and come back on a Sunday. It was long. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, it hit me just to see people were different, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just this kid who grew up in a, you know, small town, little suburban area. Mm -hmm. And it, they were different. And it really shook me in a way that like, I don't want to be like these people. So it took me the second time, you know, the second year of camp Mm -hmm. to really see, okay, maybe I do want to be one of these type of people be right, different. Right, uh, right. So there was a night uh, that and I remember the, ti- the title of the sermon. It was just like lay down everything. Uh, and so pretty much the, the pastor there was just like, if there's anything in your life that mm-hmm. you want to give up, you need to lay it down or write on a piece of paper. And we did this little bonfire. We write things on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and burn it. And so I wrote on that paper that, you know, I want to be saved and mm-hmm. I want my family to be saved. But that the third night of that camp revival, that the pastor was just like, if you want to know who Jesus is, you know, come down to the altar. So I went through that process with them and, you know, became a Christian. But growing up, uh, I believe very things different that I had the lack of understanding of who God was truly is mm-hmm. uh, until, you know, someone asked me, do I know what the true gospel is? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I find that it's easy to come to Jesus, but it's hard to die to self. And uh, Well, pause there. I want you to say that again. That's, that was a powerful statement you just made about it being easy to come to Jesus. Say that again. It's very easy to come to Jesus, but the hard part is dying to self. That's powerful. And when that clicked, I realized that I wasn't a Christian because mm-hmm. I came to Jesus, mm-hmm. but I did not die to self. Mm-hmm. And so, furthermore, I mentioned Ben Parks, Mm -hmm. and when he came into my life, he showed me what that really meant. And ever since then, of 2016, I've been following Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And now you're at God's Bible School and College. So tell me, how how did that work out, Doc? How did you end up on the hilltop? So, funny story. Uh, Growing up, I've always wanted to be, be, you know, in ministry. And uh, just have some part uh, in in the work of God's kingdom. And so crazy, uh, Ben Parks, he goes to GBS. Uh, so <laughs> before I've heard of, I've never heard of GBS. It's crazy. Uh-huh. It's been around, what, 121 years? Yes, yeah, right. And uh, so before that, I was looking for Christian schools in Cincinnati. Yeah, Christian schools in Cincinnati. There's not many at all. Right. Uh, right. The the only two that were there was uh, CCU, Cincinnati Christian University, and uh, GBS. And so I really didn't want to pay attention to what GBS was, so I went on to the Cincinnati Christian University webpage and was looking at that and then looked back two months later. It was gone, you know. 
I was like, well, I guess GBS is my only option. <laughs> so I called my mentor. I was just like, I'm really having this desire of just to be uh -huh. part of God's ministry. I want to go to a school. And he was like, oh, bro, I go to this school uh, called GBS. And I was like, GBS. He said, look it up. It, it, it's, it's a really good school. Mm -hmm. They're really solid in their doctrine. And so I look it up and I was just like, wow, you know, this is something that I, I may be interested in. Mm -hmm. And Anybody who don't know, their tuition is pretty cheap. If, if you want anybody, <laughs> Boy, Doc, you're you're the PR man for the of the day. You <laughs> if know, you want a great school, want a good sound, school. Yep. It's not real expensive. It's not, man. And uh, definitely looking for something that was in my budget. And so I was just like, okay, I'm gonna give it a shot. I applied, and you know, not even the next day, an hour later, someone gives me a call and is like, hey, you interested for a tour? And crazy thing is, I applied around the first of the pandemic round of the pandemic yep, and right. i was the first to arrive after the pandemic laid out and so when students were able to come on campus yeah and yeah. so like the next day was you know move-in day <laughs> and i was there it was like freshmen don't really come and help out on move-in day you're the first yeah and so uh this journey at gbs it has truly been a blessing yes. i've met lots of people lots mm -hmm. of the faculty who's are just wow you know, their family, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just amazing to be a part of a school then just to see also have a better understanding who God is and just to mm -hmm. see the growth in my life Amen. that God has been doing at God's Bible School and College. That's great. Well, and, and I think, man, a, a couple a year or two of Bible College can make so much difference in a young person's life and helping them get spiritually grounded. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I've, I I want to say I've really enjoyed having you in class too. And uh, I what you what you take four classes from me maybe something yeah like that? The, the my favorite one of your classes was Doctor Practice of Prayer yeah Doctor you know? Practice of Prayer New Testament, New Testament literature Old Testament literature and then fundamentals, fundamentals of biblical of, communication yes and you preach three times Doc <laughs> three times <laughs> <laughs> and you got preaching you I want you to I, yeah I think I, I've told you that already you got preaching you Doc you God has gifted you whether you become a pastor or a preacher. He definitely has given you skills to communicate, and I thank God for that. And you're just always a joy to have in class. You sit right up front. You have a hunger for truth. Uh, it just that that all just resonates with this teacher's heart, and I appreciate that so very, very much. And glad that you're on the podcast today. As we as we kind of wrap this up, and I want you to kind of think about like if if you had some words of of encouragement and hope to say to that young person, especially that young person, maybe growing up single parent home that doesn't have the father mentor present either through divorce or death or for whatever reason. Um, what would you, what would be some, what'd be a couple things maybe you might say to them, just kind of encourage them in their journey with Jesus. Well, I would definitely say, and I'm going through this right now because I, I work with kids uh, and one of my students, their family have went through divorce, but the best thing I've told for him is just rem remember that one, your dad is still your dad, mm -hmm. no matter what. Uh, and if your dad's not present, just know that you have an eternal father who loves you that Amen. you can go That's to right. any time of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, he's available 365 <laughs> years and uh, 24 seven. Yeah. You know, and so. 
it, it's, it's really hard because I, I don't know what it's like to mm-hmm. be in that divorce mm-hmm. or the father passed on mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. But it's just like if he is present and whatever you, you're holding against that, just sit down, write something out and send it to him. Just know that you're there. Mm-hmm. Let him know that you're there, that you're praying for him. Yeah. I tell you, prayer is the is the best, your yes. best weapon. That's right. And everything. That's right. Right. Uh, so just know that you have an eternal father who loves you and who's available. Amen. And you don't have to stay stuck. There, there's a pathway out by God's grace. There's a pathway out to a better life. There's you're you're already experiencing the better life, even at 24 years of age. And and Man, the future is as bright as promises of God for mm-hmm. you right now, isn't it? So, yes. what do you where do you see yourself ten years down the road? Besides married and a half dozen kids, where, where, where do you see where you? No, honestly, where do you think you see yourself five, ten years down the road, or where would you like to see yourself? I would honestly like to see my as our uh, Pastor Craven said. You know, I, I am employed at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, uh, probably one of the largest uh, children research centers uh, they say in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where I see myself, I, I really do see myself doing something in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my passion is working with kids K through 12 and sometimes college students as mm-hmm. well. But my main focus is the younger generation because they are the next generation. Uh, and especially as we see in our public schools that these kids don't even want to go to school anymore. They're experiencing yeah, things right. that, you know, it's just life changing and it affects with their future. But, you know, God, I feel like God put me on this earth to, you know, give them that wisdom and understanding of that there is a better life. Mm-hmm. And um, so right. I, I want to work with kids, whether it's a youth pastor, something in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Praise God. That's wonderful. That's where I want to see. Myself. Well, and I could see you doing that because I, I think you're uniquely positioned um, with your spiritual gifts, with your passion, with the abilities God has given you, your personality, and then the experiences that life has given you, both good and bad, um, they're all redeemed by God and can be used. So that's great. Shondell, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to have breakfast with me and to be on the podcast. We'll do it again one of these days. Thanks for having me. Friends, as I always say, and I mean it with all my heart, Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. Look to Jesus today and you can find for yourself hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.